You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Hello, motherfucker. Apologize, bitch. Here you go. It's your boy Sunny Frames in the motherfucking building, Mister Three Six Five, coming in live. Ooh, let's get it. I just kind of let y'all know, stop, put some respect on my name. Y'all understand me? And y'all say my name, put some respect on Y'all already know what time it is. It's your boy, Fuzzy Vision, trying to see the world clear one day at a time. And you know what time it is. Far From Normal Podcast, baby. What it do, Sonny? We here, we gonna get this motherfucking party started. Y'all already know we gotta let this Hispanic music play. Coming straight from South America, this is how we do it. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Doing it a little different today, baby. Vibe with us. Alright, y'all already know what time it is. It's the Far From Normal Bros, and we back at it again. First of all, I'm gonna need you to tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a mother effing friend to follow and subscribe to your boys. We on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms as well. You can catch us on YouTube. That's Far From Normal Podcast. We're on YouTube, TikTok. Far From Normal Podcast, we got that website, www.farfromnormalpodcast.com. We got them visuals, we got those pictures, videos, whatever you need to see, you got it. You got your boys up there, putting ourselves out there. Drop Trying that to, grand, baby. Drop that grand. Trying to make this shit happen. Y'all already know. We just getting started. So y'all already know we got the Instagram. That's far underscore from underscore normal underscore podcast. Make sure you check that out. We got a link tree up there. Yes, you sir. can follow us on any of those platforms. And last but not least, you got your boy Fuzzy Vision. Of course, I see the future and I can see the future is clear right now. Yes, sir. So follow your boy Fuzzy Vision with two ends at the end of Vision. Y'all already know what time it is. If you have any likes, dislikes, rebuttals, or you want to be on the podcast, hit up your boy in the DMs. Y'all already know Sonny. Let him know what the handle is. You already know what it is. It's your boy Sunny Frames. You can catch me at Sunny Frames, S O N N Y Frames, double S at the end. Make sure to check out my gram, especially my gram, because I usually drop a lot of stuff that has to do with great men in this world and what they've achieved in a lifetime. It has to do with motivation, inspiration, and just chasing your dreams. A lot of the times, the problem with a lot of people is they don't execute on their dreams. They have dreams. Everybody has dreams. But if you don't execute on them, then nothing ever comes out of it. So make sure you start taking action. Be proactive and chase chase your dreams guys don't let them remain in dreams make it a reality fuzzy let's get them alright now today I'm gonna be one that's gonna be taking over and fuzzy's gonna be the interviewer no I'm gonna be the interviewer and fuzzy's gonna be the interviewee let's get it and this podcast episode is actually going to be about traveling and the pros and cons to traveling 
And Fuzzy actually went on a trip. And we're going to find out what did he experience on that trip, what brought him out to the spot that he went to. And we're going to have a better understanding about traveling and what it takes to travel. So let's introduce Fuzzy Vision. Y'all already know it's your boy Fuzzy Vision. Y'all already know. First of all, we got to shout out the audience as as well. I mean, those that have been listening, following the boys, those that are new listeners, old listeners, we respect and appreciate it all. We're trying to make this podcast pop. We're trying to get people on, get different stories, different perspectives. We talk about relationships. We talk about business, travel, um, masculinity, discipline. We talk about it all pretty much. Creativity. This is what we do on this podcast. So for those listening that haven't listened to this podcast, just make sure you tune into the other episodes. Not every episode is going to be for you, but there's going to be definitely an episode that you can relate to and get some knowledge from. So without further ado, let's get into this. I mean, get, let's let's start up this um, this whole process of me traveling. Let's let's get into it. Hundred percent. Well, so the first question I need to ask you is, where did you go on your travels? Okay, so let me let me first break this down. I'm gonna start from the beginning. So. You already know we're in Toronto, Canada, so your boy been working hard, grinding hard all year long, not to mention I haven't traveled since, you know, the beginning of 2020, so I haven't traveled in about three years. And where did you go at that time period? Hold on, hold on. Let me just get into the backstory of things. So I haven't traveled in a couple years, you know, I was just thinking to myself, you know, I got to get out the city. You know, you usually get this itch um, when you're sitting down in one city for far too long. You get that itch that you want to travel, especially this day and age. You're seeing it on Instagram. People are telling you they're going on vacation. They're enjoying themselves. They're spending their money to enjoy or to sightsee or to, you know, educate themselves going to different spots. So that was relevant to me. So at this stage, I decided to plan a trip with a couple of my boys. Now, where we decide to go is South America. South America. So, South America is a special place because, you know, everything I've heard about it. So, I've always heard they have great food. They have beautiful beaches. They have, you know, a lot of diversity there. Good culture. um, Good history. Mm -hmm. All these different factors obviously played a role in me going to South America. And inevitably, I went to Colombia, which is an amazing spot. For those that want to go on a vacation, Colombia is an amazing place in South America. I I personally don't think it's, you know, as dangerous as they may say, as they may say. I know there's, you know, of course, cartels and there's all this stuff going on, but this is the same as Mexico and and um, other, you know, Hispanic uh, spots. Obviously, there's always going to be that threat of, you know, cartels and, and troubles and criminals and stuff like this. This can be in Africa. This can be in Asia, wherever it needs to be. But All right. So was it a solo travel or did you travel with friends? So this trip was a trip that I planned with two of my boys. We, okay. we planned to actually last second. So just to goes to show you that, you know, you don't need to necessarily have, you know, a long standing plan in order to travel. Sometimes you can prepare as long as you have your money up and you have your situation set up where you can go away for a week Mm -hmm. it doesn't take that long in order to book a trip you can book a trip two weeks or one week uh, you know prior to going to the trip but you want to make sure you do your research on where you're going where you're staying what to expect and also how much money are you willing to spend when you get out there because that's going to be very relevant to the kind of enjoyment you're going to get when you get out there okay so why would you say you chose south america you could have went to anywhere else in the in the world but you chose south south america specifically why was that so that was like between uh my boys so okay i was more um i I was open for traveling i was open to go to mexico i was open for dominican you know anywhere tropical beaches you know I i was really open to that because i never did a beach um, vacation in a, quite a while. So I'm like, you know what? I want to go somewhere where I can relax, sit outside, you know, by the beach, have my drink with me, you know, chill out, cool off, get a massage on the beach. All those things I envision were most likely going to be in Central America or South America. Those were the closest 
um, those are the closest places that I could go to from Canada where it wasn't a long duration flight. So I chose, so we chose South America and Colombia specifically because the travel actually wasn't that long. The total travel was about nine hours. Mm. So you go from Toronto to Miami, which is three hours. You have a three hour layoff in the Miami International Airport. Then you fly off to Colombia. We ended up going to a city called uh, Cartagena, Colombia. And this is probably, I think, the most visited place in Colombia for their beaches and everything like that. It has the most tourism in that specific city, which was amazing because that city offered a lot of, you know, beautiful sights to see, great beaches. You know, the food was great, very seafood-based, so very healthy. So let me let me stop you for a yes, second. Mm-hmm. In terms of preparations for the travel, did you have to do anything specifically to get you to that point? Um, I think, well, again, when you travel anywhere, you're going to have to do the research in terms of, like, how could you get there? Do you need a visa? Mm. Every place is different, so you have to look, you have to look at your passport and make sure that you have, you know, the correct visa or your country has a visa for that or you don't need a visa, sorry. Um, you have to make sure you get all these things um, together because some, some people you might travel with might come from different countries. They might have a different passport. So everyone's going to have to do their due diligence and see what's required. And one thing you have to make sure you do when you go to Colombia, there's some website that's called CheckMig. And basically, you have to, like, check in 72 hours before you get there. And that gave us a lot of problems at the airport. For some reason, their website crashes. Like, it's a shitty website. doesn't really work. But they expect for you to, you know, fill out this paperwork online and have it ready by the time you go on your trip. Or you can't go on the trip. So we are at the threat of missing our flight just because of, you know, little, some paperwork. They eventually eventually let us through um in canada they let us through on the flight and when we reached miami and columbia no one asked for those same that same paperwork which was odd to us but that's something you have to pay attention to it's called CheckMig, and there's a website where you can um do some like immigration paperwork where it's saying that you're gonna land in Colombia and something like that but that's very important if you're going to Colombia, make sure you look at what is necessary to travel over there because that did give us issues and we almost missed our flight. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy that crazy. that almost happened. And the fact that it was in Canadian soil that they actually almost stopped you by the time you got to Miami, yep. it was okay. And then by the time you got to Columbia, that was also okay. So okay, it, it was, it was kind of strange, but I guess every country follows different protocols Yep. And some countries will be more serious than others in that sense. Absolutely. So I'd say definitely um, definitely do your research on where you're going and what is uh, needed in that specific country. All right. So what are the do's and don'ts you learned from this trip? Well, well, well before I get into that, I want to discuss the trip um, before we get into the do's and don'ts. So let's, let's first break down reaching Colombia and comparing that to North America. So in Colombia, when you yeah, get that's out there, a good start. when you get out to Colombia, it's very much different. You're talking about a third world country. You're talking about a country. It's not. It's not as bad as certain places in the world. Of course, it's not that poor. So it's a lower tier. Uh, you know, it's a higher tier third world country. There's a lot of ghettos. There's a lot of infrastructure as well. There's a lot of things to do, but there's also a lot of pollution and a lot of you know bad infrastructure in the city that you can notice even with the sewage system and, you know, a junk all over the place in certain areas. So it depends where you stay. Now, if you stay in tourist areas, you might not see the reality of the country. You might just see the glitz and glamour, the nice restaurants, the tourists taking pictures of the nice scenery. But the area we stayed at was more closer to the residential areas in in, uh, Cartagena, Colombia. So we got to see the real. We got to see... You know, the little hustlers, the kids, the guys on the bikes, you know, hustling around, selling stuff, street vendors, all the things that you would expect in a third world country is what we've seen. And we got to experience it firsthand on the street level. But the big difference between South America and North America is obviously the laws. Mm. Now, in a third world country, the laws are a lot more laxed. Um, People 
live life more recklessly, especially with the driving. As you, if, if you're in Colombia, they have a lot of They're small cars. They're a lot more cars. frivolous when it comes to... Definitely. And they have a lot smaller cars. So their cars are very compact. They almost look like a Toyota Yaris, like wow. those little small, okay. little cubby cars. Is it due to the... The roads and how small they are? Yeah, or? well, the roads are small there as well, and it's very uh, mountainous. It's very much uphill and a lot of that stuff in the neighborhood. So these cars are all stick, so people don't drive automatic there just okay. because it's so hilly that they need stick in order to... It's manual Yeah, driving. manual driving, and that's how they all drive. So pretty much every car you go into is um, it's a manual, standard type of driving. And that was very different than here because... Again, their roads are very hilly compared to, you know, Toronto where it's a lot more flat and stuff like that. And, again, their traffic rules aren't the same as us. They don't have police presence like that mm-hmm. where police are pulling you over, giving tickets like that. It's not really the same. But, apparently, these guys don't crash. They don't really crash. Yeah. And they kind of play it by, you know, by eye. Mind you, they don't have no rear view, rear view cameras their entire car is tinted, like completely oh, wow. black. I'm talking wow. from the front to the back. You cannot see outside. Because the, the sun is so scorching hot, all their windows are completely tinted. Well, we actually don't have a number of how many accidents are actually taking place there. So, again, that would be a whole different story. Well, I, I'm not saying that, you know, they're not getting into accidents. But you can just tell by the drive-in that, that they're kind of skill, skillful. You can tell yeah. that the average driver is pretty skillful. Uh, very much, um, they know how to maneuver. They know how to reverse into certain parking. What I'm saying is technology is less, so they rely more on their driving skills rather than the technology of the car. That is true. So that will definitely make you a better driver. I mean, if you're relying on technology of a car, you're not going to be as good as the driver. I mean, the car is, is doing the most the, of the work. Most of the work. Of the you just need work, to look yeah. and use your eyes. Mm-hmm. But so they, I, I do, do have a, a question for you. Did you have to learn the language in order to get around and do certain activities? And um, I would say if you're going to travel to South America, it's probably best for you to learn some Spanish. The reason why I say that is because when you whip out that Google Translate, everyone knows your mark. Everyone knows you're a foreigner or you're gringo, as they call you and they're going to try and rinse you. And what rinse is is basically get you for all you got, whether that's... <laughs> got he. Oh, yeah. They get got you. He. And, and here's the thing. Because um, in, in those type of societies, people are all hustlers. They don't have the, the money nor the infrastructures to get jobs and, and rely on the government. So they have to rely on their own cunning skill. And that is is by hustling those that look like foreigners and trying to get as much as they can out of them. But now, if you know Spanish or you understand Spanish, you always can navigate better. You always can um, um, basically make people um, stay at bay when it comes to you because they would understand that you have a little more understanding than a normal uh, person that comes there so you don't need as much assistance or help or anything like that so there's no angle they really can um, get you on where when you don't know the language you're really reliant on the locals and you need friends in order to tell you what's a safe place in order to get you a, a taxi or set things up you're gonna have to rely on locals and now if you rely on locals you don't know what type of intentions they have true so I'd say, yes, learn a little bit of Spanish or any country you go to. Try and learn a little bit of the basics, and that will definitely help you in terms of negotiating prices, in terms of getting from point A to point B and not getting hustled as much. Okay. Would you say that you went through a culture shock when you were out there? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because uh, in Colombia, I never knew what to expect. You know, there's a lot more Afro-Latinos and Latinas than I expected. So apparently Interesting. apparently, I was asking them, and they're saying, I guess, the slaves, uh, the trans- transatlantic slave trade mm-hmm. was going on there. And um, when they brought the slaves back, they would bring them to Colombia. That was one of the places they would they would drop them off at. So they had a lot of um, African descendants there, and apparently they have a big African population as well. But there's a lot of diversity, a lot of mixtures, a lot of, you know, you got light skin, dark skin, uh, fair skin. You got everything pretty much, kinky hair, straight hair, silky hair. 
blue eyes, green eyes. You got a lot, a lot of different um, looking people. So I couldn't even put my finger on who was a Colombian and who wasn't, honestly. That's very interesting because they would all be considered as Colombians or yeah. a lot of them would consider themselves as Colombian. But I guess now that's a whole different topic where what is a Colombian? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Like when you go to a certain country, sometimes you think you know how a person looks or yes. you know how their culture looks. But mm-hmm. when I was here, I couldn't tell you the difference between, you know, Colombian and Ecuadorian or Argentinian or Bolivian mm-hmm. or Venezuelan. Like they all it's a melting pot in South America. You got a lot of different cultures there. Mm-hmm. And when you go out there, you're going to see what I mean. You're going to see that a lot of people look very different, even I think, though they're from the same place. I think the locals would, un- they have an idea of what they would consider as a Colombian. Probably, yeah. They probably have an idea. Um, but there's going to be a lot of mixtures, right? Oh, 100%. So I think that's where the confusion comes in because I think there's just a lot of diversity through, you know, mixing cultures and all that type of stuff. I think the culture is just a mixed culture, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. But that was just one city we were in. So yeah, I'm pretty that, sure in true. other places it might not be as diverse, maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, or there'll be a specific type of people in certain areas. But yes. that's what I gathered from the trip. But it was nice to see because... You had a sense of comfortability. You knew that, you know, no matter how you looked, you wouldn't really be judged just mm. because they had a lot of different uh, races and different cultures there that you could kind of blend in. Okay. Did you have a chance to interact with other tourists or did you just stick with the locals? Well, for the tourists, we, we, we interacted, me and my boys interacted with a couple of tourists when we'd go, you know, out, when we'd go out or if we went, um, to the tourist locations and we'd bump into tourists we'd talk to them ask them where they're from try and get to know people try mm-hmm. and be friendly you know sometimes when you meet other travelers yeah. when you go places they have a better itinerary than you 100%. so they they know you know they have a better plan in terms of this what preparation it is. was a lot better yeah so some people plan better and if you never planned as good it might be in your best interest to you know link up with some tourists Back. because the tourists that may of you know that may be there might have done a lot of research might have planned this six months in advance five months four months but they already know what it is they wanted to do and they can tell you the hidden gems they can tell you what spots to go to how not to get gypped how not to get hustled so a lot of the times it's in your best interest to talk to tourists or people that are expats so people that um can speak english but decided to move out to Colombia and live there there's a couple of those guys too remote remote workers people that are working remotely they have good information they were some guys were staying in our place and they would give us information on where the gyms were Mm. uh what to expect at nighttime how they move out there so you want to get these type of um you want to get this type of information from people that have been there before you so you know how to move correctly and you don't put yourself in a bad situation Mm. so did you come across other individuals that have been to that same to Katana more than one time? Yeah, definitely. A lot of people been there a couple times. So when you bump into people that have been there a couple times, they know exactly what's going on. They know exactly which spots you need to go to, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And this goes down back to the do's and don'ts, the question you asked earlier. Can you ask that again? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's go back to that question, do's and don'ts. That you learned on the trip. So, yeah, do's and don'ts on this trip. So, there's a lot of shit that happened on this trip. I won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scenarios where you had to make a decision on how you're going to proceed. Because, like I said, it's very different from North America. It's very much lawless in a sense that there's not you can't rely on the law to help you out there. Mm-hmm. That's not a viable option for a foreigner or a tourist just because you don't speak the language as well. Mm-hmm. But... What I would say, the do's and don'ts in um, Colombia, one of, one, of, one of the things you should do is try and be friendly. That's one thing. You should always try and be friendly um, with the locals. Try to be, you know, somewhat generous. I mean, you're going to a country that doesn't have that much money. And, of course, people are trying to hustle you all the time. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that you're here to enjoy, but you also should, you know, have some type of where I thought to say, you know what, I want to give back to the society as mm. well. I'm enjoying the resources. Yes. Let me at least, you know, donate a little money to the kids or, you know, to the homeless or, you know, mothers and 
whatever you could if you know you yeah you, you budget yourself i'm not saying go out of your pockets and spend your your vacation money to cure everybody and fix all their problems but what i am saying is that you have to have some sort of sense of generosity when you do go out there you don't want it to just be about you 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 and just spending money and just partying or whatever i think you have to humble yourself and really realize how lucky you are to be in a first world country that's one of the first things i'll say is to do another thing is Go explore. Go explore. Try and figure out um, all the things you can do out there that you've never done before. There's so much shit out there. We did jet skiing, ATVing, um, you know, rented out a boat, went to some party island, went to a beach with white sand. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And that was just, you know, that was just a little bit of stuff. And that was just like, you know, that was just, you know, tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that we could have done. But again, you have to really plan things out in order to get everything accomplished of what you want because organization is key. Time flies when you're on vacation, especially when you're out all night and you're enjoying yourself. Time goes by quickly. And if you wake up late, you could lose the day because in Colombia, the sun set around six o'clock. So you don't have much time. If you wake up at 11, 12 and you leave the place at one or two, the sun's going to set within four hours. Mm -hmm. So you got to be very conscious and um, time aware. That's mm -hmm. what I would say. So make sure you uh, know exactly where your time's being spent and you manage it correctly. Or you'll end up doing not so much. You'll end up relaxing, chilling, but you won't get up too much in the city. And the days will pass you by and you'll realize that you didn't accomplish too much as like coming out there you might have relaxed you might have mm. went to a beach but i'm talking about experience wise you might have not seen certain restaurants or certain areas because you never had the time at the end mm -hmm. now let's talk about the don'ts remember people listen up learn from me learn from my mistakes do not do not pull out your phone in every single scenario to record i learned the hard way fellas and ladies i learned the hard way so i went to a chicken spot in a local area, nighttime, and whatever. Chicken was good. Food was great. Took pictures of the food. Came outside. Wanted to take a picture of the food spot, chicken spot. Mm -hmm. Recorded it on my Snapchat. I'm recording it. I'm feeling cool. I'm feeling gravy. I feel like, you know, I'm at home with my people, man. And they did me dirty, man. I came to the road as I'm recording, trying to record the street. A guy on a motorcycle came Within 0.5 seconds, snatched that phone. Didn't feel it. Professional style. Didn't drop the phone. He caught it on my hand like he was a, a bat catcher. Got Got Yeah, got got, guys. Got got. So what I'm trying to say is, if you're out in South America or any third world country, make sure you keep your possessions close to you at all times. I probably stretched out my hand a little too far in the recording and it got a snatch. If it was close to my chest, I could have easily pulled it back if I seen him reach. But again, I was caught up in the moment. So I'd say to those that are traveling, try not to get caught up in the moment of enjoyment, even if your trip was relatively safe for majority of it, because that's what it was for me. You know, at the ending moments of the trip is where you get caught slipping, where you lose your wallet, where you lose your phone and important things. You don't want to put yourself in those predicaments because it didn't make it hard for me to, you know, finish off my trip without a phone. So I would say to, you know, any tourists coming here, you got to keep your head on a swivel. These places have a lot of hustlers, a lot of criminals, a lot of pickpocketers. You got to be ready and you got to be prepared and you got to think about how or strategically placing your items. So your bag, your phone, your valuables, like I'd say jewelry. Don't wear jewelry out there. Don't flash yourself. Don't make yourself a target. Mm -hmm. You go to those type of countries and you dress basic. You don't need the newest shoes. You don't need no Yeezys on your feet. You don't need a stunt in those type of countries. You go to those countries to enjoy and then you leave. You don't need to prove that you have so much money. Because once it looks like you have money, they're going to be on top of you. They're like piranhas. Once they throw meat in the water, they're tearing you apart. Okay, so you said you went to this chicken spot. Yeah. All right, so explain to me the transportation and how that worked. How did you get around? Because why were you out there at that time? Was it like walking distance? And when you were around, uh, when you were going to places, what was the transportation like? So I'd say we, you we, we, we walked around. We walked to that spot. That was close okay. to the area we lived in. We, I guess we could have took Uber 
or we could have done something called Rappy, which is like Uber Eats there. That's what mm. I wanted to do originally, but then we got convinced to go outside. My One of my buddies convinced me, let's just walk the streets and see what's up. Anyways, we walked there. It was about a 15-minute walk. Typically, you take Uber or a taxi. So Uber is the best because it's a fixed rate. Okay. Taxi, since these guys hustle all the time, they're going to you know, run up the numbers. If they feel like you know yes. you don't know better, they're going to tell you a certain price. And if you don't argue it, they're going to keep it at that. And you're basically paying double fare yeah. for the you know what would have been, say, for example, 10,000 pesos, which is about, it's not crazy, their taxi, I mean, mm-hmm. our Uber. 10,000 pesos, which is pretty much going to take you anywhere you need to go, is about 350 Canadian. Mm. But a taxi driver, for, for that same route or route, he might charge you 20,000 pesos, which mm. would be seven double. bucks. Okay, so double. So, double. Mm-hmm. so, obviously, if you kept getting, if you kept paying double, all of a sudden the Uber starts adding up. But if you're just paying that fixed rate of, the fixed rate of Uber and not the double charge that the taxi driver's trying to hit you with, you'll be in a good situation. But again, this is something you have to know when you go to these countries. You have to understand that, you know, everyone's trying to hustle. So you are going to get got. You're not going to save every penny and every dollar that yes. you have when you get out there. You're going to have to know it comes with going on a trip like this. People are very uh, are in very desperate scenarios. So they're doing what it takes to survive and, have, and have ends meet at their, or makes it, make ends meet pretty much. Okay. And s- since we're already at transportation, where did you actually end up staying? What was the method? Did you use Airbnb, a hotel? What were we talking well, about? Well, we ended up going to an Airbnb that was in a local area. Okay. Um, if I were to do it again, I'd probably get a place more closer to inside of the like city, city center like the city center okay so basically where the tourists would be mm. just like any any city you go to there's yeah. always a downtown or yes. a main area where most tourists or most of the businesses and more more of the safe areas would be more police presence yeah i would say you have to stick to those areas you yeah to make sure you stick to those type of areas where it's it's brightly lit a lot of people are around a lot of other tourists are around mm. Police are around. These are the things that you have to focus on. You have to understand as well that not everyone there is trying to be your friend. They're usually looking for angles. Um, they want to make something out of this. They want to, you know, whether it's a free meal or some money at the end of it, that's what they're looking for. At the end of the day, they're in a bad situation for the most part. So they're trying to make friends in order to benefit themselves. So sometimes you can... You're going to realize that, you know, a lot of people aren't genuine. Mm -hmm. They just kind of want something. But you're going to have to get over that because they are surviving at the end of the day. And that's more important to them than making a friend. So I never faulted them for that. But you're going to have to get used to getting haggled. People trying to sell you stuff. People trying to um, up up the price on certain things that are cheaper. But they want to make their quick buck. So you're just going to have to have the hustler's mentality that... Um, these people are all trying to hustle and you're going to have to uh, figure out how much do you really want to get hustled out there. Now, you're not going to win every battle, but you can minimize it by, you know, ignoring people politely. You don't need to be rude about it, but you tell them that you're not interested and if they keep bothering you, then you can ignore them and eventually they'll stop bothering you. But you do have to have a sense of ruthlessness in you. Mm. You can't be so... um, you can't let them guilt you into spending your money to fix their problem because, again, you can buy them something or give them food to eat, but that's only going to solve their problem for one day. Oh, there's a saying for that, right? Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. I teach him how to fish, and he eats for a lifetime. Absolutely. So that's always the case. So you have to understand when you do give out money or you give out these things, that's not going to change their life. They're going to come back tomorrow asking for another, yep. you know, more and so more. a temporary more. fix. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. So I'd say that's a big thing that you should look out for. Like I said, the do's and don'ts in Colombia is very clear. One, keep your shit with you at all times. Don't bring too much valuables like IDs and stuff like that with you. Make sure you keep that at the place you're staying. Mm-hmm. Have pictures of your passport or ID. Make sure you have those documents on your phone. Mm. Your phone is one of your most important lifelines <laughs> there. So when I lost my phone, I had I never had boys. Like say I was by myself, I've been screwed. Mm. But luckily, I was with boys, but then I had to, like, roll with them and be beside them every night. Actually, it's funny that you say that. I think another 
point that you should talk about is having a spare phone, like just having one of yeah, the old bringing phone. Yeah, bringing a burner phone, yes, older, yes, phone. Uh, older phone. That's actually a smart idea, mm. I would say. That's a good point you brought up there. So bring I'd suggest if you go to any of these third world countries and you're worried about losing, like, say, an iPhone 14, something that's significantly expensive, mm-hmm. like, you know, relative to shit that they see out there. Um, get a burner phone or get one of your old beat up iPhones or Samsungs or whatever. Uh, of course, make sure, you know, you can get data and you can do yeah. certain things on the phone, have some pictures. But I would say that, you know, it's not really relevant to have a great phone out there. I think if you have a, you know, it's halfway, halfway decent phone and if you lose it, you go back home and you use your new phone. I don't think it's worth losing a nice phone in those countries just because you wanted to take some high quality photos. Hundred percent. And what would you say the cost, your expenses for this trip was? Because you said you did a lot of activities out there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of shit, a lot of so shit, souvenirs, all these different things. How much up. did that rack up to? Well, for my trip, it racked up. It racked up uh, quite a lot. Um, I spent about close to thirty five hundred on the trip, mm-hmm. but that was due to my own personal finances and what I did there and what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. So. I never put that limitation in terms of financial limitations of, you know, but my budget was around three to 3,500 for the trip all total. So it wasn't much over like maybe I was, okay, my budget was say three grand. So say I went 500 over. Okay. But again, I could have made the trip cheaper. Um, if we never got, you know, rinse for a lot of the souvenirs and a lot of the different stuff that we had to pay into. And mind you, we rented a boat. Yeah. We did ATV and all these things are pretty expensive, even when converted to Canadian. Mm. So, um, you know, ended up being a expensive trip. Uh, but that was just cause from what I did personally, what I bought, uh, the restaurants we went to, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you can enjoy this trip for, you know, under 2,500, um, 2500 2200 I think you can get away with a really good trip depending on how much days you stay though I wouldn't suggest to stay in one city for um over a week mm-hmm. I would think that you should stick to and and this is for anywhere you travel I think that most places you travel especially if you don't know the language and it's more of a tourist place I think you should only be there for about 4 or 5 days mm-hmm. then you should think to go to the next city cuz the excitement starts to drop off the longer you stay and you start to realize there's not so much you can do in certain places after you've done them. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would say to those that want to travel, if they're going to Colombia, if they're going to wherever, mm-hmm. I think you should try to book multiple cities. Don't try and stick to one city unless you know that city is where you want to be or you're at a resort where you have no choice. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to Airbnb and you have flexibility to move around and you don't mind doing an extra flight, and these type of things, I would suggest that, absolutely. I think it's better when you've already traveled somewhere to move around while you're traveling than to go there and then go back home, then plan another trip to go to the other city. Because now you're going to the same country multiple times when you could have just, you know, killed two birds with one stone. Mm. So what would you say the most? what would you say the most memorable story from the trip? was uh the most memorable story from the trip let's see um i think it was the boat day uh we rented out this boat me and my boys so so three of us total we rented out this boat and it wasn't a it wasn't a crazy yacht or anything like that it was a boat like a um you had seats and everything like that and it was dope we had our coolers we had our drinks and we went to this island called shalom in uh, colombia and it was basically like a party it's not been like an island. I don't know how to explain it, but it had all these huts, and it was kind of in the water, and it was basically like a pool that was surrounded by the water from the shore, and you can go in there. The water is basically waist deep, and they have all these tables and huts where you can order drinks. People are on these little paddle boats selling you oysters and food and all these different things so it was a very surreal experience the sun was great the Mm. the water was beautiful looking a lot of uh, tourists were there good picture taking um just a very different experience i think that was the best day that we had there just because we 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 left the area Mm -hmm. because it's about an hour away when you're on this boat for an hour and you're chilling you're drinking you're enjoying you're smoking you're doing whatever you want to do it's vacation. It's such an enjoyable time. 
And a lot of the times, um, you know, you don't get to experience this when you're back home. A lot of times you're just working. You're not really experiencing what's going on in the city. You're just kind of working, working, working. And then you, you're thinking about um, either going on vacation mm. to do those things or you're thinking about just saving your money and not going on vacation because you think, you know, it's going to set you back. But one thing I will say is mm. vacations, yes, they very, mal- they very well may set you back financially. Mm. No doubts about it because I spent a pretty decent chunk of, chunk of change on this trip. And it's going to set you back on certain things, bills and whatever. So when you come back, you're going to have to hustle. That's absolute. But at the end of the day, the experience that I've got from that trip, you know, is something that you can't put a price on. You can work for 15 years and still not, you know, feel that type of joy. Even though you're making money and you have your household and you have your family and et cetera, et cetera. That type of joy you can experience by just working all the time. You have to put your money to towards things that help your mental health, towards things that help your curiosity in life and give you vim, give you energy. That's what traveling's about. It's about giving you energy and new life, new perspective, understanding other cultures and seeing, you know, if the place you stay at is a place you want to stay at forever. Mm. Wow. That is some great advice. Um, I actually want to ask you for a little more advice a little more advice on a person that's trying to travel because you're ex- you're talking about how important it is to travel because if you're just working all the yeah. time you know you you can work for 15 years and get nothing out of it no joy no nothing out of it so what i do want to ask is what do you say to people that want to travel but they haven't committed to that trip that they want to travel to I would say this much. I'd say just book it. I'd say just go ahead and book the trip. So I was, I could have traveled a long time ago. I had many opportunities to travel, but I've always let the years go by and waiting for the perfect time and this happened and that happened and wait, I'm doing this for work and maybe not the best time to travel. So you always make that excuse. There's never a great time to travel, especially if you're working full time. You're always going to have responsibilities at your job. People are always going to rely on you. Um, People are going to want you to be around. You're going to have your own family members, you know, needing you for certain things, Um, whatever responsibilities. You're going to have to pay your rent still. You're going to have to do all your shit. Your normal stuff's going to have to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. But if you save throughout the year and you put away a certain amount of money, you can actually comfortably leave the city, go somewhere, and enjoy and if you really want to enjoy, like, you can really prioritize, um, you know, traveling. Maybe you have to change your job mm. to get a job that's more flexible. Because we've seen a lot of remote workers there that were traveling but as remote workers. They weren't vacationing. But at the end of the day, they still were reaping the benefits of being in a different country, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So Experiencing a different climate as well. Absolutely. So I'd say, like... If you want to be a travel connoisseur, if you're interested in that type of lifestyle, like seeing a lot of countries, you know, then you should probably think about working remotely or becoming a flight attendant of sort of some sort, working with airlines where you can get discounts on, on, on plane tickets and all that. Because in my opinion, those that travel a lot have a whole different perspective on life. They've seen so much and they have a lot of different perspectives in terms of what they define as happiness and what they define as, you know, success. And I think that's what you need to look at when you're trying to think about what it is you want out of this life. I think traveling gives you a different perspective on what you deem is important and what you deem is not important. And I have one more question to ask you. Sir, what's the next trip? On the dock. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. We, uh, hey, it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. Right now, well, we, we got Atlanta. We got ATL. We're going to be in North America. ATL. We're going to ATL. ATL stand up. We're going to be hitting up ATL pretty soon. That's the end of August. That'll be a dope vacate too. It's not going to be anything like... um South America, obviously, we're still going to be in North American soil, but that'll be good. It'll be a difference in terms of what we see out there. That'll be a dope trip. After that, I know um, we. Uh, I may be going back to Sierra Leone. 
in mm. December. Mm. So that might be the next trip, big trip, over overseas trip would be uh, back to Sierra Leone. You went earlier this year, mm-hmm. but I still have to visit the homeland um, at this stage in my life. I have to go see what's out, what's out, out there and I have to see my cousin's family, you know, get connected again, you know, get back to my roots. But again, there's so much um, other places in the world that you could visit. I know I want to check Southeast Asia. I want to check out um, more places in South America. I still got to go to LA too. Yeah, LA's on the map. Um, definitely want to hit up Brazil. Um, so a lot know, of places. Europe, Europe, the a big place. Do, uh, Europe, Spain, maybe mm-hmm. Portugal, Italy. There's a lot of places. I'm hearing Costa Rica is nice. Mm-hmm. So there's Central America. There's so too. many places. So you have to pace yourself and you have to do the research yes. on what kind of trip do you want. If you want relaxation, beaches and stuff, you chill with South America and Central America. If you want to go, you know, well, I have roots in Africa, so I go there because that's where my roots are from. So I'll always be going back and forth to Africa. And then places like Europe and stuff, you can look at their culture if you're interested in that. Yeah, parties and that type of stuff as well. But it's going to be a little more superficial, a little more expensive uh, in certain areas. So if you're looking for cheap, you th- you stick to the South Americas, the Africas, the Southeast Asias. Those are going to be your cheapest trips. If you want a little more, uh, if you have a, a bag that stretches a little bit bigger, then you can check out Europe. Europe will be nice in terms of uh, what they have to offer. But the price point will be far more expensive yes. than the plane flight, the stay, the food, all those things will be, um, you know, about triple the price it would be in uh, maybe a third world country. So you have to just know your finances and what you're willing to spend on these trips you go to. Mm-hmm. But in terms of vacation, like I said, when you have the chance, everyone that's listening to this, make sure you take the time out to, uh, prioritize going somewhere even if it's for a week it doesn't have to be across the seas it can be you know a different province it can be a different city it can be you know just in america where you just need to cross a border it could be um anywhere you need it to be what i'm saying is that you have to take time out of your work life to disconnect go somewhere see something and then come back to your reality and see if it changed your perspective on how you're living and what it is you want to gain out of this world. And I think that's all we have on the on the on this episode. Yeah, I, this episode I, was just uh this was travel episode. I, this was just an episode dedicated to the travels and my experiences that um that you know that I've went through in Colombia. Um I know you haven't been to South America either. So for you it's even interesting to hear. Hundred percent. And those that want to go to South America, I would suggest it. I would suggest it. I would just say to yourself, try to learn a little bit of Spanish, and you should be fine. And um, great food, great vibes, great culture, respectful people. Um, I was at home there. I won't even lie to you. I didn't feel uncomfortable for one second. That's great. This was a great, great advice that you get. You've given the people uh, the pros and cons of travel, and why you should push that button and actually travel. You know. And last but not least, let's talk about these passport bros. Cause oh yeah, let's, we bumped into we, about we, these we bumped into these passport bros yes, out there, sir. and these guys are living their life. They're enjoying. Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out to them. City boy, city boy. Shout out to all the. Shout out to all the, the passport bros that we've seen out there. We see you guys doing your thing. Most of these guys are from the States, man. There's a lot of black guys out there. I'll say that much. There's a lot of lot of, lot of the, the African brothers were out there. But um, they were doing their thing. You know, a lot of these guys look like well-to-do. Um, and that's great. That's a great thing to see. I like to see, you know, people of my color traveling as well. I know a lot of people don't travel from our culture. They stick to North America. They don't really expand. So it's great to see um, the diversity in terms of travelers as well because that was that never used to be a thing. So um, the passport bros, of course, they're just you know guys going around to different countries, enjoying themselves, doing their own thing. Oh, they're just opening up their mind to yeah. different cultures, and they're yeah. able to make a better decision. Do they want to stay in North America or, or should they go elsewhere? Is there yeah. better places around the world? Absolutely. And uh, of course, this is going to be based off treatment as well. So they feel sometimes they're getting treated better yeah. in different countries. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, some of these guys are willing to make a move 
And we've seen some guys living there and enjoying themselves from America. So shout out to those guys. Life's what you make it. If you want to live out there and you want to live that type of lifestyle, you can do it. If you want to live out here and work and grind and, you know, be stuck in a mortgage for 30, 40 years, you yeah. can do that too. But we're far from normal. So we're always going to preach. We're always going to support guys like the Passport Bros. We're going to support people traveling, support people moving, doing different things, trying... Um, living on the edge. Living on the edge, man. That's Taking it. It's far risk. from normal. Far from normal. Never doing anything normal or mediocre. That's what we do. You already know what time it is. Exactly. This is Far From Normal Podcast with your boy, Sunny Frames. And your boy, Fussy Vision. And we... Are out deuces. So say good night to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're gonna see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Come on. Make way for the bad guy. There's a bad guy coming through. Better get out of his way. Serving dinner to the students in the secondary school. See, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're gonna find out. If you stay down here and you never fuck around, you'll never find out.